eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Right along with Laura Reynolds as she talks to the auto designers, creators, and makers about the automobiles we love as we go driving in heels. It's driving in heels. I'm Laura Reynolds, your host. And on this week's podcast, I talked to Audi of America Incorporated about the Audi RA Panther supercar. Nice. And then we'll hear from AAA in their newly released report on aggressive drivers. Want to make a guess who's more aggressive behind the wheel? Don't answer too quick. And we'll wrap it all up with a trip to Canton, Ohio, home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, where we'll visit Ford's Hall of Fans. So let's get started with Audi R8 product manager Anthony Garbus and the R8 Panther Supercar. I think we're going to have fun today talking about the R8, man. Mm-hmm. This car screams. I love it. Can you t- uh, take us on a walk around? Sure. So well, we're referring to the uh, R8, the Panther edition, correct? Yes. Yeah. So this was... Um, a little special edition we wanted to do to uh, kick off like series production of the rear wheel drive of the R8. So two years ago, I guess three, so model year 2018, we did the R8 uh, rear wheel series. So this is where we had a limited run of 320 units in the US. First time we ever did a like full production rear wheel drive Audi. Um, And this was a limited model to test the waters to see how it would be received. And uh, those cars sold out within just a couple months. Um, So, uh, we did the planning. Uh, we worked with our German colleagues, and then we uh, went for full production. Now, two years later, on um, uh, rear-wheel drive R8 for, as part of the life cycle of the car. So, this now is great because we have uh, we're able to reduce the entry price into R8 as well by doing rear-wheel drive instead of Quattro. And then we have. Um, you know, whenever you look at R8, you're always considering uh, 911. It's the number one competitor of the car. Um, and uh, it, it really fits in well now. So R8 V10 performance goes against the Turbo and Turbo S 911. And this one will, you know, the rear wheel drive at the price point uh, around 140 is really more in line with, you look at the upper ends of Carrera S or when we'll have a Carrera GTS again. And um, it really helps fill all the gaps in the, in the model. Um, in terms of driving dynamics, the car is quite different because you don't have any torque going to the front wheel, so your steering feels different. Um, it can be a little bit more uh, tail happy. So the stability control is programmed to allow for some uh, controlled drifts, as we want to call it. So when you push the stability control button once, it'll go into sport mode, and then we'll let you have some tail out fun. Um, and uh, the car is just great because no one else, aside from our cousins at Lamborghini, sell an all engine naturally aspirated v10 everything else and all the other segments and all the competitors is some sort of forced induction so uh this is really what also brings a lot of character to the r8 um and you feel it when you drive there's this instant connection between like person human and machine 
when you just get on the throttle and it's instant. So there's no waiting for anything to spool or boost. It is just the engine and that instant power. And uh, hearing the uh, hearing the um, engine behind your head, you know, this mid-engine car is also just truly fantastic. So it's all about excitement uh, on this car. And uh, the Panther edition uh, was where, okay, I said, I want to do something fun for doing this uh, um, relaunch or, you know, full production out of the real drive where we're not limited. So I want to do 30 units of something just really cool. So we have these special wheels um, and these are milled cut wheels and they're matte black with a red trim on them, which is something that no one else can get. So like when I do a special edition, I want to make sure someone will be able to build the same car later, right? Because exclusivity is what does a lot um, in this segment. Uh, so um, Panther Black exclusive paint. I'm on a Panther Black kick. So about a year ago, I did an RS5 in Panther Black uh, and then wanted to bring that to the R8 now uh, as well. So um, it's a really cool color. We used to use it many years ago. Um, and it's black, but it's a crystal effect paint and has a bit of a purple tint to it. So um, it's, uh, it's super cool because at first glancing it's black, but then the sun hits and it changes colors. And that's something that's just really, really awesome. And um, I, say, I think your website did a great job of showing that paint. You know, you can actually yeah. see the sparkle in it. So uh, we had photos taken at the factory, Bullingerhofer, outside of Neckersholm, uh, of this car. And uh, when I was talking to the photographer, I said, your paint's going to be your biggest challenge because you have to get it lit just right to see that crazy deep flake in it. And then also pull up some of the uh, the purple hue. Um, and everyone who sees this color loves it, right? So uh, I, and I always like to tie outside inside. So we have red trim on the wheels. And then on the inside, went with a bit of a red theme as well. But since the paint has a bit of a purple hue to it, wanted to make sure you didn't go too far on the red. Um, and so we have just shell seats, which are... Um, these very race specific uh, seats, they come from the performance model and um, um, put those in just red leather through Audi exclusive and then just black interior with red stitching. So you tie then your outside from the, the, the red on the wheels to the inside on the red on the seats and then the little red stitching throughout. Um, and the whole interior is done through Audi exclusive. So it's all custom. Uh, the steering wheels, Alcantara, we put a 12 o'clock uh, marker on it in red same with your shift lever or um, uh, the gear selector and the uh, shift boots also in, in uh, Alcantara with the red stitching. The headliner we diamond stitched in Alcantara and then the rear parcel shelf also did in Alcantara as well. And uh, the interior I think is my favorite part of the car because uh, it just completes the whole look. Um, and uh, it, it, it's definitely my, my, favorite, my favorite part of it. I think that red stitching and the uh, the red on the wheels is what really mm -hmm. makes it pop though, that purple. Yep, exactly. And so um, first time I, I ordered a car for myself, an SQ5, I did in Panther Black with red interior because I wanted to see how it would work. Because part of me was concerned that uh, the red might be too much against the purple, but when you see it in person, it's actually perfectly complimentary uh, and it works very well. And so uh, 
that was where I want to tie the same thing on the R8 with a bit of the red. And, you know, so many people do red stitched interiors that anymore you see it quite often. So to make it a little bit more, you know, I wanted to have everything red stitched, the steering wheel, the shifter, and then with the red on the seats. So it really uh, completes the look. It is. It's a gorgeous car. I mean, without a doubt. I can't get off the tech page, though. I mean, that, that car screams. It's got to mm -hmm. be fun to drive. And I know you had to drive it. Yeah, uh, I was lucky. Um, we did a little event when we first launched the Rear Wheel, the Rear Wheel Series um, summer of 2018 uh, at COTA, Circuit of the Americas in Austin. And I got to drive it uh, on the track. And yes, it's so much fun. <laughs> I mean, there, anyone who drives a, a supercar, and that's the thing, all of these cars, every supercar is fun to drive. I mean, but there's just something about hearing a V10 engine revving to 8,700 RPM that you just feel in your bones, right? And the exhaust is screaming at that point, and uh, the engine is this perfect harmony, and uh, you can't explain it. It's something you have to experience for yourself. Well, you know, I think it's because you feel like you're in a rocket. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> you put it in launch control and uh, this car just flies. I mean, it, uh, <clears throat> especially when you're in the, the, um, the Quattro models or the performance model, um, where uh, we say 3.2 seconds, 0 to 60, but most magazines always test the car at 2.8, 2.9, you know? I mean, that is... That is really fast. And uh, <laughs> you launch it and <clears throat> you don't even know what happens. Like it just is like the world blurs around you and you're gone. And before you know it, you've shifted twice. You look down and you're at almost 100. <laughs> so. <clears throat> oh my God, that is just absolutely awesome. I mean, so when you took it on the track, what was your highest speed? Go ahead, tell us. We won't tell anyone. When uh, we were at Daytona, uh, years, what, 2016, um, when we launched the current generation R8, we took the performance model to the track uh, and we drove them all day. We did about eight hours straight, just nonstop in the R8. And that just goes to show, it's also tied to its racing heritage. You know, the, the streetcar and the race car share half their parts. So you really have that durability built into the R8 because these are, the car just goes nonstop. Um, and uh, we, at Daytona, I hit 178, which a lot, some of the journalists went faster. Some made 184, 185. But I mean, it is, you're, you're, you're definitely moving then. Uh, it's a different, uh, <laughs> different uh, experience. And what's great about when you're at Daytona and you're driving on these very banked uh, corners, the G-forces you feel in your body are crazy. Um, it just sucks the blood right out of your head. Oh. And uh, you have to be careful how fast you're going. Um, it was definitely an experience. I'll never forget that. My that entire life. Amazing. Yes. Um, it was very cool. It was very cool. Um, part of why I love this car so much. Oh, boy. Have you, have you parked one in your driveway just to make your neighbors jealous? <laughs> yeah, there, there have been a few R8s uh, through... Um, <laughs> through the neighborhood uh and uh and neighbors definitely know too because you started in the morning on cold start and it just like you know it's open the valves are open and it's the engines revving to warm the catalyst everyone hears it <laughs> so um yes yeah it's got that rumble i mean it and does. It's unmistakable <laughs> yes that I is mean, awesome. you push 
you push the start button on the steering wheel and just the world comes to life. So, and then there's a huge goofy grin on your face every time. Always, every time you can't, you can't not smile. Uh, and, uh, if I, people always ask me which one I would get, and if I were to buy an R8, I would buy a slider. And I'll tell you why, because the rigidity of the chassis is so stiff, you can't really feel a difference between driving the spider or the coupe. And then when you have the spider, as long as you're not doing, you know, track events where then you wouldn't use it, um, you can roll down the rear window and you have that engine just revving at your ears. And it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And it makes the drive so exciting. So like a lot of times in the winter, I would drive rear window down, heated seats on and heat on. So I could still, you know, just hear that motor when you get on it. <laughs> the way you think. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. That is too much fun. Well, I know uh, with the Panther, there's only 30 available. So right. all gone? Uh, so they just started arriving at the end of December. Mm-hmm. So um, they are not all gone yet. Uh, the dealers, it gets allocated to certain dealers throughout the country. Um, and then uh, there are a bunch still that are on the ocean on the way here. So there's still a chance for people to go and get them. Nice. So what are some of the bigger cities that we might be able to see one in person in? Oh, oh, I I mean, we do it by region. So there are a bunch of oh. California. Um, I think uh, the New York area is getting some. I, I would have to ask our distribution colleagues how they fully allocated them all um which is where not my side of the business but i see here a couple of the dc area some south florida um yeah norcal and los angeles are getting a decent amount atlanta's getting some ones going to chicago so well if you had to describe the person who drives this car what would he or she look like what well, so r8 buyers are 99.9% male. Um, and that's just something you see in, in the segment as well. Um, but, uh, when we look at R8 owners, um, exclusivity is something that's very important to them. And that's why one out of every eight R8s that we do has some sort of Audi exclusive treatment on it because people who buy this car don't want to pull up next to someone at light in the same car. Right. Okay. And so, uh, <laughs> we see a lot of that. And, um, this also isn't as flashy as a, a, a Huracan or a Lamborghini. And so you have a bit of a subtleness to it as well in R8. But you have more than you would get if you're buying a 911. So it fits in this great little niche of um, really the, the, and I'm going to sound biased when I say it, it's the perfect everyday supercar. So I always try to uh, describe it because it can go all out of the track. It is unbelievably fast. Um, it is relatively easy to control. It's still a mid-engine supercar, so it takes some skill. But in terms of being able to maximize the driving, R8 does an extremely good job of of uh, of uh, keeping you in check. And um, does it come with the uh, tracksuit and helmet? <laughs> no, you have to do that on your own. <laughs> but uh, there's enough room in it to put luggage for a weekend, and it's still comfortable enough and has the features need to drive it every day. So uh, someone could take an R8 as their only car, you know, without a family and <laughs> other things. But I, I, I drove one or a few of them almost for a year straight and it was completely fine. It doesn't beat you up, which yeah. is amazing. Because yeah. anyone can make a very fast car, 
making a fast car that you can then drive every day and is comfortable is a different feat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if you can't have a fleet of them. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> so looking at this, we have, I think, uh, two, three, four, five, six, about 11 of them sold already, pre-sold. So. That's uh, nice. And I think you hit us with the MSRP already. It's 141. So the base price of the car uh, is around 140, yes. And then the uh, Panther car comes in at 183.3. You know, my dad wants one really bad, but I'm going to have to tell him, you know, we're going to have to live in it. <laughs> <laughs> he, I told him about this interview today and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> it's such a beautiful car. Well, Anthony, I, I want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think uh, I think it's it's we've covered everything. Now, this is such a fun car to talk about. I've been looking forward to this. I really have. Great. I'm glad. I always love talking about it. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's so easy to talk about. It's always <laughs> it's always enjoyable. Everyone loves the R8. Thank you again to Anthony Garbus for joining us. When we return, we'll hear more about a new study from AAA about aggressive drivers. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm guilty of a few of these hostile moves myself. We'll talk to AAA's public relations manager for traffic safety, Andrew Gross, next on Driving in Heels. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. Each week, Laura talks with auto manufacturers to keep you in the know about the latest and greatest in the cars, trucks, and SUVs you love to drive. Here's more Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. I'm Laura Reynolds, and you're listening to Driving in Heels. And in this segment, I'm talking to AAA's Public Relations Manager for Traffic Safety, Andrew Gross, about their latest survey on aggressive drivers. Andrew has some great tips on how to calm down and chill out on your commute when confronted with an angry driver. I was just so interested in um, the article that you guys put out about aggressive driving. And the first thought, I got to tell you, the first thought that came to my mind is, wait a minute, we're in a pandemic. There's fewer drivers. What's going on, you know, with this whole thing? So can you tell us a little bit about the study itself? Well, the study itself, every year, um, the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety conducts a survey of drivers, and it's called the Traffic Safety Culture Index. And they ask questions on a whole wide range of driving behaviors. And a certain segment of that deals with aggressive driving behavior, with bad behaviors, basically. And we ask people questions, both, you know, all genders, uh, ages, uh, about their driving habits. And we asked them questions in this regard about um, 
Do you think running a red light is dangerous? Do you think speeding is dangerous? And more often than not, people will say, yes, of course, that's dangerous. And then we later come back to them and say, well, in the past 30 days, have you run a red light? Have you been speeding? And up, up to a third and maybe more will say, well, yes, I've done that. So we know people are aware of what dangerous driving behaviors are. When they see someone doing it, they're quick to point it out. And yet they also admit, yes, I do that too. We have found that eight out of 10 drivers will admit to some aggressive driving behaviors. Well, and you know, it's, it's never me because I'm a good driver and I can handle, you know, the speed and, and, you know, running the red lights because I'm a good driver, you know, but in reality, it's like, no, you're part of the problem as well. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, uh, we, we have found in this most recent collection of data that when it comes to bad driving behavior, the main culprits are men. Men are the biggest abusers of this. However, in one area, women are just as bad as men, and that is running red lights, uh, which is one of the more dangerous behaviors you can do, right? Yeah. Well, and I actually thought you were going to say turn signals <laughs> instead of red lights. You should use your turn signals. That is absolutely right. Okay. Oh, just don't follow me anywhere, okay, Andy, because uh, you're going to be very upset with my driving. <laughs> So is there any reason to why men are actually more aggressive? Come on, you're representing the guys here, Andy. Well, you know, men are inherently greater risk takers. We know this. And it starts as teenagers and it goes all the way up to old age. And this is a bad habit that men never age out of. There is no maturation of of being a, you know, risky uh, person. you Once you enter that stage, you stay that way. The key is to be aware of it. And then stop it, right? <laughs> stop it or try and tamp it down. Uh, and, and, you know, aggressive behavior is a big range of things. It can be from just leaning on the horn, getting angry with somebody and, you know, flipping them off, tailgating, not letting somebody merge, but it's all done deliberately. And it puts everybody else on the road at risk. You mean, and not just other drivers, it's pedestrians, it's bicyclists, it's somebody riding a scooter. You're putting everybody's life in danger by your intentional act of aggression. Is there anything in this study that came out that you're just like, what? How did that happen? Were you surprised Uh, by anything? Unfortunately, not really. (laughs) I think think one of the things you, you look at is this just... Um, how bad some of these behaviors are and how and how they can escalate to road rage really quickly. Because often you think leaning on the horn because somebody is slow off the mark at a traffic light, what's the harm in that? Unless it angers the person in front of you and then they react. And then you react to their reaction and it just begins to escalate. And you don't want road rage to happen because there's never a happy outcome to it. So what do you suggest we do? Let's say that, you know, we're driving and somebody's, you know, tailgating me really bad or they're honking because, you know, they can't get around me or whatever. What do you suggest we do? That's a great question. Uh, Relax. Try and channel some inner zen. Uh, If they're really riding your tail, move over and let them pass. Just assume this person must be having a really bad day. Let them let them go on their way. Don't react. Don't slow down because, you know, that's just going to irritate them further. And that begins to get into that road rage area. So really just be kind, 
obey the traffic laws, try and be understanding. Think about when you're in your car, pretend like you're at work. At work, popping off, getting angry, being aggressive, that's not allowed. Why? Because we know there are consequences. You're gonna get in trouble. You might lose your job. Fine, if you know you can't do it at work, don't do it when you're behind the wheel. When you're behind the wheel of this 3,000 pound chunk of metal, that's not the time to be getting angry and taking risks and putting everyone's life at risk. You know, I like both of those ideas that you just said, not only thinking about yourself at work, but earlier you said, maybe that person is having a bad day. And when you put it in that frame of mind, you automatically just kind of calm down a little bit going, gosh, I'm glad it's not me having that bad of a day. And, right. and, you know, maybe you, then you let him pass. You know? And we're all having bad days right now. I mean, it, one, one of the things is we see every year around the holidays uh, an increase in aggressive driving because there's just so much pressure every year. You've got in a normal year, you've got people dealing with traffic, uh, last minute Christmas shopping trips family issues, and it all boils up and it really leads to a spike in aggressive driving. Now, layer on the pandemic, you've mm -hmm. got people's healthcare worries and also economic worries. Maybe people have lost their jobs or they're fearful of losing their jobs. So all of that could add to an even, you know, a higher rate of aggression this year. So it's just another time just to try and be understanding, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Now, I know you guys do these reports annually. Are you seeing an increase? Is it trending, you know, up or down each year, the aggressiveness? It's staying, unfortunately, about the same. Uh, this is the first year where we've, where we've taken the methodology of asking aggressive drivers, okay, you know this behavior is dangerous. Have you done it in the past 30 days? This was new for us. In the past, we would compare it from year to year. Have you done any of these things in the past year? So now we've narrowed it to, have you done any of these things in the past 30 days? So it's too soon to really see if there are any trends at this point. But we do know that year over year, about eight out of nine or eight out of 10 drivers will admit to doing some aggressive driving behaviors. That number hasn't really changed. And so that's, that's what the key to this is. That's why doing these kind of interviews is so important. If I can get reach out, if we can reach people and just say, calm down, <laughs> don't, don't exhibit these behaviors, obey the traffic laws, don't speed, don't run that red light, you know, wherever you're trying to go, chances are, I'm pretty sure it's still going to be there when you get there. So just relax behind the wheel, take it easy. Well, I'm going to have to admit to you, Andy, I'm guilty of some of those behaviors that you were talking about. And uh, I really you know, I got to start thinking about it. I really do, because it's not worth it. Well, no. Uh, when you look at the, the, the worst of the aggressive drive behavior, speeding is the biggest factor. It's the one that almost everybody admits to. And it's also the most dangerous. Uh, speeding is a factor in a third of all fatal crashes. And when you, when you look at the fact that about 30 to 35,000 people are killed in crashes every year, every year so 10 to 12,000 of those are due to speeding, that's kind of a sobering number. So that's definitely something to think about. Oh, that is. Andy, is there anything else you'd like to add that you're like, why hasn't Laura asked me this yet? It's so important. Uh, we talked about women and the red light running. I'm trying to see if there's any other area where women are close to men, bad behavior. Red light running is the, is the best one because let's see, men are 32% 
that have admitted to red light running in the past 30 days. Now, I don't know how often you run a red light. I, I'm trying to remember the, the, if I ever accidentally run a red light and it's been a while, I'm mortified. And I look around, <laughs> see if anybody else called me. And so I was like, and I get scared because you, yeah. you, you feel like, I can't believe I zoned out. If yes. I zoned out running a red light, what else have I zoned out? Yes. Yeah. That is um, so true. Cause I, yeah. you know, the, I gotta, like I said, be honest, the things that I have done intentionally are speeding and uh, tailgating um, because there's I, I, there's no reason I can't justify it, but let's just say two lane tollways are a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, you just have to not do it because you have to put yourself in in the mind of the person you're tailgating. And it, we've all been tailgated. And we how do you how does it make you feel? You get really irritated. You're like, why is this person riding on me? So where are they trying to go? There's nowhere to go. Uh, and, and yeah, exactly. So all that does is it, it begins a chain of escalation. And that's what we're trying to tamp down because no one wants a road rage incident because it's not worth it. You could end up dead. You could end up in jail, you know, the, facing mounting legal bills. Nobody needs that. You know, maybe what we need is Andy on tape, you know, and we'll, we'll put it in, you know, and play it when we get upset that says, this is Andy, calm down. It's not the, worth it. The calming it. sounds of yes. Andrew Gross, spokesperson yes. <laughs> with AAA, yeah, coming to you saying, be kind, be patient. You know, maybe that other person's having a bad day and obey the traffic laws. You know, it's the holiday season. Practice forgiveness. Exactly. Andy, it's just been a joy talking to you. It really has been. Thanks to Andrew Gross for being on Driving in Heels. Up next, the Big Pro football game is coming up on February 7th. We're going to take a road trip to Canton, Ohio to visit the Pro Football Hall of Fame, where Ford is honoring some of the biggest fans of the game. I'll talk to the president and CEO of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, David Baker, next on Driving in Heels eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Driving in Heels with Laura Reynolds. Let's get back to Laura having a lot of fun talking about cars. I'm Laura Reynolds, and you're listening to Driving in Heels. You know, it's been a strange football season with few people allowed into stadiums to cheer on their favorite teams. And that's why President and CEO of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, David Baker, says it was especially important this year to celebrate some of professional football's biggest fans and induct them into the Ford Hall of Fans. The Pro Football Hall of Fame for you know nearly six decades now has been in the business of honoring the heroes of the game, preserving its history, promoting its values, and celebrating excellence everywhere. And so we have enshrined uh, what is now today 326 Hall of Famers who have bronze bust in Canton, Ohio. They get their gold jacket. They get their Hall of Fame ring of excellence. And, uh, and we do that in one of the greatest gatherings in football to kick off every NFL season in Canton, Ohio, uh, the first weekend in August. 
but those selections are normally made at the Super Bowl. And so the Ford Motor Company, who has long been a wonderful partner of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, they have helped us honor our Hall of Famers in their hometowns. So when Joe Namath goes back to Beaver Falls in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, there's young guys there that are dreaming of being Joe Namath someday, and young women too, by the way, who are, are, have big dreams as well. Um, they've helped us honor veterans uh, that have done incredible things. Uh, and uh, three years ago, they started helping us with the Ford Hall of Fans. And obviously, uh, customers are very important to Ford, and uh, they pride themselves on putting their customers first, uh, and I think do so in an excellent manner, just like the excellence that the Pro Football Hall of Fame represents. Uh, by the way, on, on, you know, they have also developed their own uh, Ford Dealership Hall of Fame, and I understand that's incredibly competitive as well. Uh, but starting uh, three years ago, we have an exhibit at the hall. Uh, we have a contest between uh, generally about six of the best fans in the NFL. And these are people that, uh, you know, you would know if you're a fan of the NFL. There's Bear Man in, in Chicago and the Big Nasty in Tampa Bay and the Puppet Lady in Kansas City. They're, you know, they're kind of really well-known fans. But they're also fans who not only – uh, you know, love the game. They love their team, but they also love, um, you know, doing something good in their community. You know, so these are guys that are out in children's hospitals. They're, uh, you know, helping with food drives and using their kind of celebrity as a fan to help others, which is what, you know, is what team and community is all about, especially, especially during these unprecedented times. So um, what the Ford Motor Company has done again this year is uh, they have developed uh, a, a list of six fans after a lot of research. It is, uh, let's see, it is uh, Christy Brown from the Arizona Cardinals. It is Tony uh, Rocco Grandi from the Baltimore Ravens, Ray Prisby from the Cleveland Browns, uh, Jamie Opel from the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Wayne uh, Mabry from the Las Vegas Raiders, and Justin Laving. Uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And fans can vote for them uh, by going to uh, FordHallOfFans.com and they can cast their votes just the way our selectors do uh, for those who are going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, the, they can vote for them through February 1st. And um, once we're done you know, with that, I'm at the Super Bowl, uh, just like the those who are going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame who's door I will knock on there. Uh, we will knock on the door of whoever selected for the Pro Football Hall of Fans. And then we will honor them at our enshrinement uh, the first week in August, which is generally the greatest gathering in football uh, that uh, will kick off uh, the next NFL season. Uh, and, and since we canceled last year and going to do 2020 and 2021 together, uh, our saying is it's going to be twice the fun in 21. But it's a great program, especially now in the season, Laura, where, uh, you know, the one thing missing from this great season has been fans. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is such a fun way to show how much you appreciate them, you know, how they, you know, cheer on their team. So I can imagine people that are listening right now, some are going, hey, wait a minute, I'm the best fan. How do I get in? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. yeah you know, uh, they can uh, not get nominated at FordHallOfFans.com uh, for next year. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of fans who call me. I mean, it. Uh, I used to get a lot of grief because Jerry Kramer was in the Hall of Fans. I would fill my email and uh, my voicemail. And now we've got fans calling as well that, uh, you know, feel that they're deserving. But, uh, you know, it, it shows that how important this is and, and what is needed. I mean, this has been a year where, uh, you know, there's not been one full stadium. There's not been one stadium that's half full. Uh, so uh, it, it's it's been great that we've had the season. It's been great that we've gotten into it. Um, but this is really for the fans. And in the end, for the fans. No, that's just awesome. Can you tell us um, about some of the reactions you've gotten in the past when uh, one of the fans has won? Yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, um, the Bear Man from Chicago where when I knocked on his door, he said, Oh, Mr. Baker, you have made my life. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, these are people who dress up in incredible costumes. And, and again, people know them across the country because of that. Um, but they're just dedicated to their fans. And, uh, you know, they cry just like our uh, guys who are going to the Hall of Fame cry. Uh, because I think it's, it's an honor for them to represent so many other fans. Now, if, if I was a fan and I wanted to up my game, so maybe one day I could apply for this, what, what kind of suggestions would you give me? Well, the first one I would say is it's not just about showing up at the game uh, in face paint. Uh, now, you got to have the right kind of uh, a presence. And again, these guys do an incredible job of that. Um, there's a group called the uh, Professional Ultimate Fans Association, PUFA, P-U-F-A. And this is a group of fans who are highly dedicated to being, you know, the, the very best, most passionate fans they could be. Uh, every year they come to uh, the enshrinement and they do wonderful things in going to hospitals and other things in Canton. Uh, but they, it's a wonderful fraternity of guys together. I would recommend looking into the Professional Ultimate Fans Association because frankly, uh, they take fandom to a new level of passion. Uh, but it's also about being out in the community. It's about, you know, when you're on a team, football is a, an incredible sport, Laura, because it's the only sport where every player needs every teammate on every play just to survive. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and life in some respects is a sport as well, and we all need each other. So uh, I, I think it's about supporting your fan. I think it's about developing your own identity. Um, but it's also about supporting your community. Now, that is such a great, well-rounded way of looking at it. I, I love it because, you know, they do so much during the season. So it's it's just really cool. Yeah, it is. And and, and I think, again, I think, you know, I, I know that there's times when we've had 15% in the stands uh, and they're piping in uh, fan music, you know, sound. I mean, isn't it interesting that they got to pipe in, you know, the cause and noise uh, to make it seem like a real game because the fans are that important. And, and so I think uh, this year the NFL has done a tremendous job of uh, not only starting on time, but playing every game, all 256 games. There are colleges like Ohio State who they alone had to cancel three games. Uh, and, and the NFL has played every game. They finished a regular season on time. And now we're moving forward to the playoffs. But um, but I do think that we learned this year just how important fans are. 
they not only buy the t-shirts, sweatshirts, and, and uh, ball caps um, and, and the advertising, uh, but uh, you know they're, they're probably you know they're they're certainly the heart of the game. So, which fan, when you saw you know the their picture and the stuff that they do, which one is like just cemented in your memory that oh my gosh, this guy is outstanding or this girl's outstanding? Yeah, I, I'll tell you. Every year, uh, these guys from PUFA, the Professional Ultimate Fans Association, come to Canton when we have the entrainment. And the first event we have is called the First Pass. And it's literally where thousands of kids go from where the first meeting was ever had at the NFL to the Hall of Fame, which is, of course, probably about a little more than a, between a mile and two miles. And kids kind of pass the ball to each other. And at the end of that race, all the guys from PUFA are there. And they cheer for the kids as they're coming in. And, and then at the end, it's become a tradition for me to get my picture taken with them. And this is about 60, 70, maybe 100 sometimes even fans. And they are the guy from the Raiders with the skull and the crossbones and everything else. There's the, uh, you know, the, the cowboy with the oversized hats. There's, there's all these fans uh, that are part of it and in close proximity. And it, uh, it, it, you know, it, it looks a little bit like somebody let loose the doors of the asylum and we all gathered there. <laughs> uh, uh, but, and I say that with the greatest of respect and the greatest of uh, admiration because, yeah, these guys are a little crazy for their teams, uh, but they're a good crazy. It, it's a passionate thing. It's a positive thing. And, and they care about the game. They care about their team and they care about their community. So these are all guys, the Ram man and all these guys, they're all people that you would know uh, and, and see, and you might not know their name, but you'd, you know, know who they are because you've seen them coming in, in and out of a commercial break on an NFL game so often and so much that you just feel like you don't. Uh, but, but they are truly, I think, the spirit of our sport. That's just awesome. Well, can you tell us one more time if we're interested in applying for next year, what we need to do? Yeah, you can go to Ford Hall of, uh, Hall of Fans or the Pro Football Hall of Fame and get to it there. And you can vote for one of these six people, uh, but you can also kind of nominate yourself, uh, and, you know, for next year. That's just awesome. Well, David, is there anything that you're like, why hasn't Laura asked me this yet? It's so important. <laughs> Laura, uh, the, the only other thing is, uh, you know, you may want to know when the date is that we're going to gather in honor of these guys. Uh, we'll knock on their door at the Super Bowl, just like we will all of our other uh, Hall of Famers that are going in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, but the actual event will be August 5th through the 9th. Uh, we're going to have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys play on the 5th. We're going to have the gold jacket dinner, uh, you know, where everybody gets their gold jacket uh, in a three-hour TV presentation on Friday night, the 6th. Uh, we have the Grand Parade on the 7th. And then that evening, we have the enshrinement of the Centennial Class from last year, and then on Sunday, we have the enshrinement of the 2021 class. Uh, and then lastly, lastly, on Monday night, we close it out with what we refer to as the Concert for Legends, which is also sponsored by Ford. So uh, you know, hope you'll be there. Uh, last year, we had to cancel, so we're going to have twice the fun in 21. That's just awesome. David, I so appreciate your time today and telling us about it. And, you know, congrats, man. You're keeping it alive, you know, in this winter time. 
Laura, I got a, a, the greatest job in the world uh, with great partners like Ford as well. Well, terrific. Well, David, I so appreciate your time today and joining us. And I, I hope that next year, even more, even crazier. Absolutely, Laura. <laughs> hope to see you in Canton, okay? You can vote for your favorite fan at FordHallOfFans.com slash football until February 1st. And thanks again to David Baker for being on Driving in Heels. Every week, I talk directly to the manufacturers to get you the latest information about vehicles you're interested in. No opinions, just straight facts from the automakers themselves. I'm your host, Laura Reynolds, and that wraps up this week's Driving in Heels. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Driving in Heels. There'll be more next week when Laura Reynolds talks directly to the manufacturers about the cars you love and the cars you want to know more about on Driving in Heels. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.